0: A couple of weeks ago, I was out in the foyer, and I saw this little girl, um, Tiny Tot. She hurt herself, and she was really distressed. And, um, you know, there were lots of people around who were willing to help her, but she just didn't want any help from anyone. All she wanted was... Mummy. Mummy, I want mummy. And so everyone's trying to find mummy, and eventually did. And once mummy was united with this little girl, suddenly... You could see a whole body sort of breathe, like everything was going to be okay because mum was there. And there's mum trying to comfort her little girls to try and make her feel better. And often a mum does that. Actually, I think it's part of a mum's job description to comfort their child and uh, to try and mend that you know, hurting heart or broken heart or wounded heart. And I think mums will go to any length, no matter what age it is. It's not just the little ones that come running, it's the older ones as well, particularly when their heart is wounded. They want the love and the support of mum. And mums will try and do anything they might when they're little, maybe cuddles, even when they're older. Um, You know, maybe let's bake, let's uh, go to the movies, let's do something to try and get our mind off what the problem is so that they can try and feel a bit better. And I think adults are no different. I think we as adults do the same thing. We try and distract ourselves, maybe with things like food or shopping or alcohol or things like this. We try and distract ourselves from the hurt that we've got so that we won't have to think about it and maybe it'll go away. But of course it doesn't. When those things stop, it's still there. And none of us can avoid a wounded heart. We walk through life getting wounded at times. And I think from a very early age, we learn how to have this defence mechanism that we build up. We put up walls so that we can try and block the pain, so we can try and, you know, stop it from hurting us. But even guarded hearts get broken. Wounded hearts are part of this fallen world. And despite the best efforts of a mum... Only God has the power to heal the broken heart. Only God. You know, God sees inside each one of us and he knows our brokenness. He knows us that well. And he understands why it's there. And you know what his desire is? His desire is that our hearts are healed. That's what he wants. He wants us to have whole hearts You know, when Christ said on the cross, it is finished, he wasn't talking about that his physical life was finished, that his earthly life was over. He wasn't talking about that. He wasn't referring to that. What he was saying is that what had to be done was done. All that had to be done was now done. Because our sin separates us from God. And in the process, what our sin does is that it wounds us. You know, and there's nothing that we can do to try and resolve this problem. We can try, but we're not going to resolve it. We can put on a brave face. We can try and bury it. We can try and put up a wall to block it out. We can keep ourselves so busy that there's no time to think about it. But at some stage, the wall's not enough. Something rises up that we've been trying to keep down. And at some stage, the busyness has to stop. And all these efforts are in vain. And our failure to self-heal actually only serves to open the wound more. So the only way God could heal these wounds is for Christ to take our place. In 1 Peter 3.18 it says, That's what Christ did definitively. Suffered because of other sins. The righteous one for the unrighteous ones. He went through it all was put to death and then made alive to bring us to God. So the sacrifice was made. Everything that had to be done was done. It is finished. The price was paid. He defeated sin, sickness and death once and for all. And if we accept what Christ has done, if we receive his salvation, then we are saved from our sin We can be healed from our sickness and we can be delivered from death. So today is an incredible day because it represents the day that we are saved or that we can be saved. Today is the day that we can be or are healed. And today is the day that we are given eternal life. You know, people think eternal life starts when you go to heaven, but it doesn't. It starts The moment you accept what Christ has done for you, that's when eternal life starts. It can start right now. You know, on Friday, we reflected on those heart wounds and we stopped and we wrote down those things that had wounded our hearts and maybe broken our hearts. And it caused us to be in a place where we felt maybe separated, alone you know, Adam referred to some of these, but my heart was moved as I looked at some of these things that, that, have, that have wounded people's hearts. Betrayal. Unkind words. Feeling unlovable. Unforgiveness. Over and over again, unforgiveness. Words. Lack of friends. Loneliness. Jealousy. Fear. Fear self-centeredness. These are the things that wound our hearts. These are the things that keep us broken. But that's not what, where God wants us to stay. These are the sorts of things that keep us entombed, locked away like in a prison where we can't seem to break free. But that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to be free. He wants us to enjoy his presence. You know, when the women went to the tomb, there was an angel there. And the angel said to them, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And, you know, I think that sometimes we go looking for the answers in the dead things of our lives. We go looking for things and all it's going to produce is death in us. The things that will separate us even more, the things that will make us even more lonely. The angel speaking that question to us is, well, why are you looking for the living among the dead? The things of this earth and what it offers you are the things that will not last forever. And we shouldn't be looking for our answers in those places we need to be looking for it in the things that will bring life. And Jesus was raised from death to life. And he gives us the opportunity to rise up from those, that entombment of all these things that keep us bound. He gives us the opportunity to rise up from that and experience life, he said, to the full, in all its fullness. It's not about rituals. It's not about ticking a box. It's about enjoying life. Absolute life. That's what God made us for. He didn't make us for this. But he also made a way whereby that could be resolved. And as Adam said, if you come up here, you'll see on every other heart of every heart is the word Jesus. Because it's because of him that we can be made whole. It's because of him that we can experience life in all its fullness. For those of you here on Friday, we heard some stories of people and their journey and those wounds that had broken and I just want to go back to that for a minute and to take us through to where God wants us to end today. And I think some of the root causes of many of these things are, are, are two main areas, and that is rejection and shame. A heart that keeps us from loving others as we ought to love them and keeps us from being loved the way that we should be, is often a heart that is wounded by rejection. If I asked anyone in this room, have you ever felt rejection or have you ever felt rejected, everyone would put up their hand. Everyone's felt the hurt of being rejected. if, If I asked you to put up your hand of how many people liked it, no one will put up their hand. Because none of us like being rejected. But the Lord wants to heal our, our hearts, that wound of rejection. He wants to come in by his love and show us that we are not rejected, but we are accepted and we are loved. Maybe as a child you felt rejected by your parents. Or maybe as a teenager you were felt rejected by your peers. Or maybe as an adult, you felt rejected by someone else who you maybe promised your love to and then they withdrew it. Or maybe you were going to share life as a friend and then they just stopped being in your life and you felt such a deep pain from that rejection. But whatever it is, many of us, our hearts are damaged by and suffering from that wound. But you know, the most harmful impact of rejection... It's not even those things. The most harmful thing is that rejection becomes an obstacle to love in our lives. We either block love out or we stop giving it. And most of all, rejection is one of the greatest hindrances to experiencing the love of God. Because we've been hurt, we shut down. And so therefore, we don't allow God's love to penetrate our wounded hearts. In, one, in John 1, it says that Jesus came to his own, to his own family, to his own people, but his own people did not receive him. So Jesus was rejected by his family. And then he was rejected by his disciples. One betrayed him. One denied him, and then when he was at that place of suffering the most, they forsook him and fled. But you know, going further than that, at the cross, he was rejected by his family, he was rejected by his disciples and everyone. But he didn't just suffer the rejection of men, he he suffered the rejection of his father, God, God. Because God cannot look on sin. He cannot be a part of sin. And that's why Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And isn't that our heart's cry when we are wounded? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you rejected me? Yet, despite all of this rejection that he suffered... He took on the sins of the world. He took on my sin so that he, so that I could be restored. He was abandoned. He was rejected so that I would not be. So that you would not be. But he was pierced for my rebellion. He was crushed for my sin. He was beaten so I could be whole. And he was whipped so I could be healed. We aren't rejected. We are deeply loved and deeply accepted. No matter what we've done. No matter what. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. You've all heard him whisper, No one likes you. You're not good enough. Look what you've done. No one wants to associate with you. You hear that whisper in your heart. Have you heard it? Those, that voice that comes to lie to you. But Jesus says, He is the way, He is truth. And so. Let's listen to what his truth is. He said that he died, he gave everything so that we could be forgiven and he rose so that we could have life. He said, by my stripes you are, not you might be or maybe, he says, by my stripes you are healed. The other area that can really get us down is shame. When we, you know, we often don't spend time considering the shame that Jesus felt. Imagine how humiliated he felt. He was so degraded. He was spat upon. Yet he never said a word. And I think today many people feel degraded and humiliated as a result of the way people have treated them. Look at some of the things up there. Over and over again, unkind words, words have wounded their hearts. And people have felt degraded. And to bring it out in the open and try and talk about your shame, that's too hard because you feel even more ashamed. And so we keep it locked inside of us. So it's a wound that is very hard to heal. Shame can result from your part in a situation or a part of you that you really don't want other people to see. Maybe a stubborn weakness Or a humiliating failure. Maybe an embarrassing illness or a a horrible past event. Or something you've done in your life. Maybe even a present struggle with sin. And you don't want anyone to know about that. Jesus told the story in Luke 8 about a woman. She had been suffering for 12 years with constant bleeding. And she could find no cure. Verse 44. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. For 12 years, this woman had lived with shame. What she was suffering from actually made her an outcast and she was put out of society. She couldn't come out and mix with people so she was locked away and she was so ashamed of her situation and she couldn't come out and ask Jesus for healing because she'd have to tell what her problem was and and people would mock her and people would push her aside if she did that so she just thought if in the crowd no one will see me The crowd was pressing in on Jesus. She thought, if I could just get in, if I could just reach and touch his garment, if I could just do that, I'll be healed. So she tried to be anonymous in the crowd and to reach and touch Jesus' garment. And the moment she did, she felt the flood of healing go through her body immediately. An incredible joy rose up in her in that moment. But then... Jesus asks the question, who touched me? Suddenly fear replaces joy because now everyone may know about what's been happening in her life and she is absolutely overwhelmed. She drops to her knees in tears, so ashamed. How can I talk about this? There's things in our lives that we feel such shame about that I can't bring it out into the open. Let me tell you, you don't need to. You just need to go to Jesus. He already knows. He already knows. And she confessed that it had been her that touched him. At that moment, Jesus says to her, daughter, go, your faith has made you well. See, what he was exposing was not her shame. He was exposing her faith in him because she had the courage to reach out towards him. And that's what he wants from all of us. We carry this secret of shame, but he's saying, all you need to do is to reach out to me and it will be gone. Your faith will make you well. Jesus is our great physician and he has the power to heal every wound of our hearts. And he promises healing to everyone who believes in him. Today is the day that we celebrate the empty tomb. The fact that he rose made it possible for the God of all creation to heal our wounded hearts. Mark sixteen one to eight. Let's look at that reading just quickly. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered. And they said nothing to anyone because they were too so on that Easter morning, as those women faced the truth of the resurrection, it challenged them because it said, first of all, that they were shocked. How could this empty tomb be possible? And I think sometimes we ask that question: How could it be possible that I could be raised to life through Christ? And you know, they went away in trem; they were trembling. They were fearful because of what had happened. And it it really shows us that, you know, we can never get our heads around God. We can never fully take on God because he's bigger than us and greater than us. And when he comes into our lives, it changes our world and it heals our hearts. So today, whatever your hopes are, maybe for reconciled relationships, maybe for healing from illness, Or from emotional hurts, or even the restoration of the world when we look at what's going on around us. Our answers are found in the empty tomb. And we may be asking the question, How could this happen? And we may not fully get our heads around God. That's okay, He's greater than us. What we have to do is to reach out in faith because today is a day of healing, today is the day of resurrection. Rising from the tomb of rejection, of shame, of bitterness, of abandonment, of fear, of addiction, of abuse, of failure, of insecurity, rising from those tombs to freedom and new life, a more and better life than you have ever dreamed of. But you have to choose.